Happy Wednesday, everyone. Welcome back to Unbothered. Your host, Josh, here today. And today I'm going to open up with some NFL. Joe Burrow back at practice. Very good sign. Jonathan Taylor was, in fact, not traded. I was a little surprised by that. But for the majority of the podcast after that, I'm going to be talking about college football, who I think is going to make the top four, who I think is going to win it all, and who I think is going to be winning each division as well, setting up what we will be seeing near the end of the year and my Heisman prediction as well. So college football pack today. Let's get into it, starting with Joe Burrow back at practice for the first time since July 27th when he suffered that calf injury. And again, I think this is a great sign. Uh, there was a lot of noise and speculation since Joe Burrow had that calf injury. A lot of people assumed that it was worse than was originally thought. Could he be out the first couple of weeks of the season? Uh, then there were talks that, hey, is it because he doesn't have a new contract yet? Is this his sort of way of uh, holding out that he has this injury? Well, no, it doesn't look like that. I've never thought that because there have been these narratives of Joe Burrow saying he's going to take a team deal. Well, maybe in reality isn't the case. Uh, there are some headlines out there of people, you know, shaming Joe Burrow, uh, you know, for his, this issue and not practicing, even though he had a legitimate injury. And then what I thought is the funniest thing because of this uh, Joe Burrow injury. There were people that have picked in the media the Steelers to win the division and the Ravens to win the division over the um, Cincinnati Bengals. That Cincinnati, you know, with this Joe Burrow situation, who knows what happens in the division race. Uh, let's bump Lamar now ahead of Joe Burrow. And I love it because it's just more fuel for Joe Burrow, who I think is the second-best quarterback in the league. And not only that, but the second-best player in the league. And I think he feels slightly disrespected. If I'm Joe Burrow, I would feel disrespected. Well, why do I say that? Well, in both the NFL uh, poll by the players, ESPN experts, a lot of people – have Jalen Hurts being better than Joe Burrow simply because Patrick Mahomes beat Joe Burrow in the championship game, and the other quarterback that played him was Jalen Hurts. So if that is the case, then Jalen Hurts is too. So there's some disrespect there. That there seems to be this media consensus that Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback than Joe Burrow. I can't believe that. I'm not buying that. Uh, then, then he's not a top-five player in the NFL, that Justin Jefferson is more valuable than Joe Burrow. You know, Nick Bosa, uh, Jalen Hurts. It's interesting that people have been saying uh, that I've been listening to that, again, disrespecting the Bengals and Joe Burrow. And... I think, again, Joe Burrow is very much of a mindset like Tom Brady. 
he's not going to clap back and talk about it right now. He's going to let his play speak for himself. And I think Joe Burrow and the Bengals are going to come out with a vengeance to start the year. I think they're going to start the year very strong. Last year, uh, they didn't start off so well. Uh, they got off to the 0-2 start. Offensive line was shaky. And then mid-end of the season, they were finally in form. Uh, they do have a tough schedule. But I don't think that the Bengals are going to open the season 0-2. I don't. I think the Bengals are a really good team, a really solid team. And I think they're going to make a lot of noise this year. And I'm looking forward to watching the Bengals and Joe Burrow play. Next week, I'll have more on my, my Super Bowl pick, my MVP pick, all that NFL. But I'll just drop a hint that I got, I got a, the Bengals with a lot, a lot of, a lot of love for the Bengals this year. Next up. Jonathan Taylor wasn't traded. Yesterday was kind of a deadline. They gave Jonathan Taylor because of the uh, PUP list, the PUP list, the physically unable to perform to kind of get a trade done and finalize it. And the Colts didn't get a trade done. I thought they would because the teams were willing to pay Jonathan Taylor. They submitted offers, but none of them were to the Colts' liking. So there was one rumor, you know, the Dolphins submitted a trade for um, Jonathan Taylor. But it was reported, again, a rumor, that Jim Irsay wanted Jalen Waddle from the Miami Dolphins in return. Now, that's not fair value. That's not a trade that the Dolphins are going to make in their best interest. So if Jim Irsay really thought he was going to get that type of talent for Jonathan Taylor. And he's got to be out of his mind. Because there ain't no way Jalen Waddle's getting traded for Jonathan Taylor. So that was the first one I thought was crazy. And then the other contender that emerged was the Green Bay Packers were in talks with the Colts. They had legitimate interest. And I thought that was really interesting uh, because the Packers also have A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, uh, two of the, I think, very solid running backs and a great running back tandem, a great running back duo. Um, but, you know, it looked like they were trying to upgrade part of a team. So maybe they were trying to trade A.J. Dillon, uh, keep Aaron Jones. I do think A.J. Dillon and Jonathan Taylor definitely more in the same uh, ballpark skill-wise, uh, that, hey, they're north and south running backs. Um, they, to me, play a similar style. So if A.J. Dillon would have got traded, you're kind of taking that upgrade in Jonathan Taylor because you don't want to lose Aaron Jones because Aaron Jones is a weapon, to me, a great running back who can run not only north-south but can make plays east and west and then, again, advance the field. Uh, can also play a little bit of receiver as well, a great receiving back. So I think Jonathan Taylor uh, with Aaron Jones would have been a very great duo. Again, an upgrade over A.J. Dillon. And that, to me, that would have made the Packers more respectable because they have a good offensive line. They would have gone heavy with the run game, not ask 
Uh, Jordan loved to do a lot so that they can open up play action. Uh, they can take deep, calculated shots when needed. Uh, but again, it didn't pan out. But I thought that would be very interesting uh, to see Jonathan Taylor with the Packers. That wasn't one of my initial um, fits, but I do think that would have been a great fit. So now he's not traded. He is on that PUP list, the physically unable to perform. That does mean you will miss the first four weeks of the season. Uh, quite a number of players were put on it. Uh, Kyler Murray, Von Miller, uh, Jonathan Taylor. So again, you can't play those first four weeks. So it looks like he still wants to be traded as well. So the next movement, of course, would be the trade deadline. I believe they could trade him after he comes out of that list because you're four weeks into the season, quarter of the way done, and then you're four weeks until the trade deadline appears. So I really don't think Jonathan Taylor wants to be with the Colts anymore. I don't think the Colts have treated him uh, with respect, integrity, dignity. I definitely think he's looking to move. And I think he will be on the move. And I think uh, the Colts can really evaluate their situation in four weeks. Uh, I think that's a good chunk of time with their new quarterback, Anthony Richardson. And then they can assess, hey, does it make sense to bring uh, Jonathan Taylor back? Uh, we think we need him. Or does it make more sense that, hey, we like Anthony Richardson and we like our couple other backs Let's trade and maybe we just get a second or third or second and fourth or fifth. But we'll take it and we'll use it to, again, use those picks to try to find more weapons to surround our future, our, our current franchise quarterback in Anthony Richardson. So to me, that's another thought that might be something I look at doing. Now, let's move on to college football. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Yes, we had week zero, but let's face it, week zero is not as fun as the regular season when every single team is playing. So with that being said, I'm going to get right into it. This is who I think is going to make the college football playoff. I'm going to kind of do it how the selection committee does it. I have my spots one through six. I'm going to unveil one through three and then six to four. So number one, I think is unanimous. I think the Georgia Bulldogs are going to be the number one uh, overall team again. I think they are, again, very talented. They've lost a lot of players through the draft the past couple years. But they have one of the best recruiting classes the past two years. Um, as well, I think they're running back getting injured. Uh, hurt them just a touch, uh, but I believe that their quarterback coming in, the Beck guy, he's going to be better than Stetson Bennett. I really do. And when you look at their schedule, it's very favorable. When you're non-conference slate, I know people uh, are quick to jump on Michigan, uh, but Georgia, to me, is just as easy, and they get an additional one in the SEC. So they play UT Martin at home. Ball State, UAB, and finish off against Georgia Tech. That's pretty easy. They also get South Carolina at home, a team that I think is going to be kind of a sleeper under the radar in the SEC West. 
but they get them at home. A team that was very good last year, having that benefits. Um, we also play Kentucky at home. Uh, Florida is neutral site. They play Ole Miss at home, another favorable matchup. And then Tennessee is near the end. And I don't know if Tennessee is going to be as good as last year. The X factor, again, is Joe Milton. That is in Tennessee. But I'm not sold on them yet with, uh, you know, Jalen Hyatt uh, and Hendon Hooker, but kind of chemistry that they had. So I just think Georgia will roll again to a 12-0 record, eventually win the SEC and be 13-0. My number two team, the Michigan Wolverines. Yes, I think the Michigan Wolverines are going to roll yet again. Uh, again, like the Georgia Bulldogs, they have a very easy non-conference slate. Uh, East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, all at home. Uh, to me, they don't have a test until they play at Minnesota, uh, which, again, is a battle for the little brown jug. It's a rivalry game, so you do have to wake up for that one. That is until October. Then they have Michigan State. Um, again, in-town rival is rough. They get their bye week, play Purdue at home. Penn State will be, I think, the toughest challenge because of the road game environment. I'm happy it's not a whiteout at night. That'd be dangerous. They don't, but I think they win. Uh, outside of a couple years in the middle of Jim Harbaugh's tenure, uh, they've had a lot of success against Penn State. Last year, just close in the second half because of some uh, wacky turnovers. Uh, but I think Michigan does win this one, and they close out against Ohio State. Go 12-0, and run the table again, go 13-0, and and are the number two team to Georgia. And again, they have a great running game. Two of the best running backs in the game, Blake Corum and uh, Donovan Edwards. Great offensive line, returning quarterback and J.J. McCarthy. Will Johnson at corner, Page at safety. I mean, to me, they don't have a lot of holes in this roster where I go, oh, uh, they have some issues. To me, they don't. Number three, the USC Trojans. Yes, I have them at three. Um, their defense is not that good. Uh, if San Jose State can go score 28 on you, that is worrisome because when I look at teams like Georgia, Michigan, they play at San Jose State, that's a shutout or at most three, seven points. 28 points is not being scored, but since they have such an elite offense led by Caleb Williams, the rating defending Heisman winner, that is tough. Their offense is fantastic. And to me, uh, they don't have a tough game uh, outside of Notre Dame. I believe they do flip up once this season. I believe it is against Notre Dame since that is in South Bend this year. But I look at the teams, uh, Stanford under a new regime in USC, Arizona State under a new regime in USC, they play at Colorado, but I don't think they're there yet. They play Utah. This time it is in USC, though Utah beat them twice last year. I believe that USC, that's going to be their vengeance game. Uh, Washington's tricky, but guess what? It is in USC. And Oregon, I think, is good, not great. And I believe they win, finish 11-1, and win their conference at 12-1 and this year. So now, four to six, or am I going to do six first and then reveal four or five? So six, I have the Florida State Seminoles. Seminoles. Originally, I had Florida State in my top four. 
But after watching game day, uh, Reese Davis had the same exact top four as me. And I said, oh, I got to switch it up because he ain't going to be right. And I just, I think Jordan Travis, fantastic quarterback. Jared Verse, great defensive end, a good coach. But just the talent, I mean, they do play LSU to start off with. And it looks like LSU has lost a couple key players for that game. It's in Florida State they should win, but they also play Clemson at Clemson. Uh, Florida at the end of the year is nothing to scoff at as well. Um, And then in the championship game, you'd have to play Clemson or Duke again. Uh, I believe Florida State is going to wind up with two losses uh, this year and finish 11-2. Just miss out. Then four and five. So five, Ohio State Buckeyes, four, Notre Dame fighting Irish, right there. I'll just also let you know, I don't have Bama dropping off that much. I have them at seven. But yes, I have Ohio State at five. I just think they won't be able to overcome uh, their losses this year. I think they will lose to Notre Dame and lose to Michigan uh, this year. So with that being said, that keeps them out of a playoff. Um, even though they'll have a great year. Martin Harrison, one of the best wide receivers. But that keeps them off. And then I have Notre Dame at three. When I look at Notre Dame, Sam Hartman, the quarterback coming on, their offensive line, which is fantastic, their defense, which is good, on display against Navy. Um, that's what I like to see. I thought this was very, a very solid team. And guess what? Their schedule... It is tough. They do have the five ACC games. Uh, Some of those are at home, but to me, their toughest games, Ohio State is at home. It's a rematch game from last year. And USC is a rematch from last year in Notre Dame. They do play at Clemson. I believe they lose one of the games uh, that they play. I think they finish 11-1, but that is enough to get them in the playoff. I believe they're a very solid team. I even can see them going 12-0 as well. That's how good of a team I think they are. So those are my top four teams. I have Georgia, Michigan, USC, and Notre Dame. Those are the top four right there uh, for your enjoyment. Again, I could see three through five changing because, again, the common denominator is Notre Dame. They play each other, or they play USC and Ohio State. Who knows how uh, those um, evolve. But, again, I think this is going to be a great college football season. So those are my top four teams. So I would have Georgia playing Notre Dame. I believe Georgia would win handily. And then I have Michigan and USC. And again, I believe Michigan would win handily. It's a different type of ball they play there. So we have the final we thought we would have this year, a rematch of two years ago, Michigan-Georgia. And I believe Michigan wins it all. Yes, my pick are the Michigan Wolverines win the national championship this year. Not only do they have their beat Ohio State drill, and since they've incorporated that, they have won back-to-back games. But they now have it very interestingly beat Georgia, even though it's not a rivalry, and they played once. Why? 
because they realize Georgia is the top dog in college football. Back-to-back national championships, they've repeated. Michigan is going to be the one to dethrone the Giant, to dethrone Goliath. I believe Michigan can do it with their balanced attack. J.J. McCarthy with another year. This will be a dot fight, one of the best championship games in history, right before we expand to 12 teams. And Michigan gets it done this year. There you go. There you have it, folks. That's my prediction. But let's talk about actually getting there. Let's talk about the SEC. What teams do I have representing the East and West from that division? Well, I again, if I have Georgia going undefeated, 13-0, they're obviously representing the East. But out of the West, I have Alabama. Uh, Alabama, you know, I don't think it's going to be great or fantastic this year. But, again, all their tough games are at home, where last year they were away. It's the flip side this year. They play Texas at home. They play Ole Miss at home. They play Tennessee at home. They play LSU at home. So with that being said, can Alabama slip up one of those games? Absolutely. Do I think it's likely? No, not really. So that's why I have Alabama. I do think they'll lose one game in the regular season, finish 11-1. and one. Uh, Georgia will put the stamp on them, and they'll finish 11-2. and two. And Georgia wins the SEC. Now, how about the Big Ten? Well, this will be the last year that we have the East and West in the Big Ten. So, Michigan-Ohio State, to me, has pretty much the Big Ten championship. So, who's going to win the West and play them? I kind of went back and forth on Iowa and Wisconsin. And I do think it's going to be Iowa. I think they upgraded the offense via the transfer portal. Cade McNamara, Eric All. I think they're going to have an offensive identity. I think their offense is going to be really good. I shouldn't say really good, but improved. Uh, and I believe it'll be enough to beat Wisconsin, who I think is a really good team. I think that'll be the deciding factor. Uh, but... Um, I like Iowa to win it. They have an easier slate, uh, whereas Wisconsin does have to play in Ohio State. Iowa doesn't have to play in Ohio State. They don't have to play a Michigan as well. So Michigan, Iowa, Michigan wins. Next, the ACC. Now, this one to me, this was very tough. Um, Again, this is the first year they got rid of their – Division, so it's just straight conference. And I looked at Clemson, Florida State, and North Carolina. And I was had, North, I had Florida State in there, but I was very skeptical. North Carolina, Clemson, I saw both those teams have great moments last year and both not look as good as they should or I thought they would be. So I kept them out of it. Uh, you know, it was kind of going back. Clemson, North Carolina play Florida State. I think it's going to be Clemson. I think Drake May in North Carolina is fantastic. But there's just something about Clemson that shows up and sneaks by to win enough games, and I believe that's going to happen. Uh, This year they play Florida State. However, Florida State wins. I do think Clemson beats Florida State in the regular season. Florida State avenges that loss in the championship game. 
Now let's go to the Pac-12. Again, also done with divisions. I do have USC making the playoffs, so obviously they win here. I believe they lose one game in the regular season. And this was another tough one. I thought, who are they going to play? I think it's going to be a rematch against Washington. Now, I think Oregon is a good team. I think Oregon State's also a sneaky under-the-radar team. But when I look at Washington and Michael Penix and the receivers that they have in the offense, that to me can keep up with USC the most, except USC is Caleb Williams. The Pac-12 is an offensive quarterback-driven league, and I'm going with, again, USC to beat Washington in a great high-scoring game. And last but not least, the Big 12, a team that, to me, really won't have any say or a conference won't have any say or effect on this college football playoff race since we are at four teams. I believe Texas finally wins, gets back on top of the Big 12 before they leave. They beat Kansas State in the title game. But I believe this division beats itself up. You have Texas playing Alabama. You have Texas-Oklahoma. Again, you also have Texas-Kansas State, Texas-TCU. Uh, All those teams kind of play each other, and I think those are really going to cannibalize each other in conference play. So that's why I have Texas winning. Uh, could be 10-2 and two at this point, 9-3, but they win their conference, the Big 12. Next up, my Heisman pick. So last year, the Heisman went to Caleb Williams. Is it very possible that he repeats? Yes, it is. There is definitely a lot of scenarios where I see that happening. It's probably the easiest pick to say, yeah, Caleb Williams is going to repeat. But there are other great candidates. You had Blake Corum, who was up there before he got injured uh, last year. Um, you also have Jared Verse, a great defensive end from Florida State. Jordan Travis as well from Florida State. Michael Pinnock from Washington. And Drake May from North Carolina. I think Drake May is going to win. I don't think he'll have the team success that Caleb Williams will have. But I think his numbers are going to be so gaudy this year that, hey, he wins it. And then in the NFL draft, we could have a scenario of pre two previous Heisman winners, Williams May going one and two, uh, and that's what I think will happen. I think Drake May is going to win the Heisman out of North Carolina. He's going to be fantastic. So since I won't be here Thursday, Friday, or Monday, I wanted to make my college football picks. I give 10 picks every year, so I'm going to give you my 10 picks right now. This is subject to change. I usually finalize on Saturday morning. Uh, but this is the way I am leaning right now. So first off, Fresno State, Purdue. Pick and Purdue. Uh, Got to get have a couple easy ones in here, make you feel good. So Purdue against Fresno State, Big Ten better. I'm going Purdue. Colorado versus TCU. Now this one's interesting because a lot of talent is out of TCU. Colorado up and coming with uh, Deion Sanders now as the head coach. Could the Colorado Buffaloes play spoiler, perhaps win this game? I think it is very possible. Uh, this would be a major tone setter for the Colorado and for Deion Sanders. However, I don't think they get it done if TCU does win this game. Next, California versus Texas, North Texas. 
I have California winning. The UTSA Roadrunners versus Houston. Another easy one, I'm going Houston. Army Black Knights versus the Louisiana Monroe Warhawks. I'm going Army. And then you have game day. Game day is in Charlotte this year for South Carolina versus North Carolina. This, to me, is a great matchup. The Battle of the Carolinas here because you have South Carolina, who finished high last year, beating Tennessee, beating Clemson. Spencer Radler was playing great. This team had a chemistry. Going up against North Carolina, who I think has one of the best quarterbacks in the league, in Drake May, uh, who, again, I just picked to win the Heisman. I have South Carolina upsetting North Carolina here. Very close game. I think this is be as entertaining as there is in week one. I have South Carolina winning marginally. This is one I definitely see myself going back and forth on. This is, to me, this is the biggest toss-up of the slate. Then Toledo versus Illinois. Rocking with the fighting aligned I am that one. West Virginia versus Penn State. Rolling with Penn State. South Alabama, Tulane. I'm picking the green wave of Tulane. And then lastly, the Northwestern Wildcats versus the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Already a Big Ten uh, conference game week one. Uh, Northwestern was so bad this year. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald fired during the offseason uh, for hazing and just a couple other staff members as well because of the bad culture that they had in Northwestern. I believe that carries over to week one where Northwestern's definitely discombobulated, doesn't feel like a team out there. I believe Rutgers does win uh, that one opening in week one, beats Northwestern. This has been Unbothered. I'll talk to you all next week. Hope you all have a great weekend. Bye, everybody.